From New York City, New York, I'm Ryan, and with me as always is Matt from the Bleeding Edge of America. Hey, Ryan. Matt, did you notice anything different about how I introduced myself? (laughs) I I noticed that you've become intensely self-regarding about where you are, like all New Yorkers. Well, I mean, I, I think that regardless of the, um, you know, of, of, of my being in the greatest city that ever was or ever will be, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 that is impenetrable to, to outsiders, um, that uh, I, I was also drawing attention not only to where I am, but but the fact that there has been a change in that. Uh, those are your loyal TFTers know um, that my my hub of operations uh, is in Boston, Massachusetts. But <laughs> the I, the right center now, of a loosely affiliated group of cells that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now I'm in, in New York and I'm, I'm here for um, a, a short time and I have I have moved. Um, and So you've, and- you've moved from stationary banditry to roving bandit or maybe more like uh, temporary stationary banditry. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's, you know, let's maybe that will be a good place to start. So this is an unusual uh, TFT, even even for us, um, in that we are um, not consuming a, a, a album, a pop music album or an episode of a TV show. Um, but the piece of popular culture that um, I have most recently consumed uh, in in kind of, you know, uh, uh, swallowing the whole thing at once is is the process of moving. And this is a, you know, a whether it's a ritual, a rite of passage, um, a, a a social phenomenon of, of moving house, moving cities. A damn um, pain and- in the damn pain in the ass. Um, yeah, uh, a, a p- possibly a first world problem. Uh, we may we we may we, we may consider. And so, uh, at some point during the um, uh, the move uh, last week, Matt texted me to ask how it's going, and uh, and and I and I said, you know, actually, I think we could uh, we could actually probably do the next TFT on this number one because I basically consumed no media uh, during that week uh, during the process of um, packing up one apartment, uh, putting. Um, you know, approximately three quarters of its contents in storage, and moving the uh, additional, uh, the remaining one quarter, um, you know, down the eastern seaboard, uh, and, and finding that that one quarter was still more than you needed, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yes. Uh, let me. Uh, you know, that was if I was subjecting uh, anything to a level of scrutiny, it probably didn't deserve. It was that, and all of the things uh, around that. And you know, Matt, I know you've mo- moved a bunch of times, and um, I think all of our listeners either. Uh, have moved or will move in in the future, um, and so I think that uh, and and you know because um, you know I have a hammer. This is yet another nail in which I will approach with my the hammer of conceptual tools that I have in my arsenal. Um, and so I actually, I mean, it, it is interesting, right? Um, and, and there's I, I think we'll revolve around uh, several different uh, themes as it touches in our our you know on our um, ongoing research questions and our our kind of conceptual apparatus. But I think Matt, the first thing that you brought up was this idea of um, you know stationary and roving banditry that we talk about a lot and it's it's interesting you know i think in life you know this is 
this move that I'm doing is more of a nomadic move, right? It is a um, in the way that the you know communities that I work with uh, in in Kenya will move seasonally uh, in you know with some portion of their family, um, some portion of belongings, and their cattle in search of of pastures. I'm you know engaging in an academic nomadic move uh, in in search of uh, you know uh, uh, while on sabbatical in search of an office and a library card. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and that's not that's not your office and your library card because that shit's played out. Well, yeah, I, I think that you you know it's overgrazed. Let's say. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, but it's also, I mean, it's also while you're on sabbatical, it's that you're overgrazed, right? And so you can get like a visiting appointment. It's a way of, it's a way of sort of managing your resources of time, uh, actually, right? Well, I think that the yeah, the two things that one does, why one moves on sabbatical, is protecting yourself as a as a common pool natural resource, and then it is also, if not, you know, obviously things like a library can't really be um, are are pretty clo- get pretty close to like these large kind of Ivy League uh, university uh, libraries that I that I frequent um, are pretty close to kind of pure public goods, and that it's hard to overgraze them, it's hard to deplete them. Um, that the thing that one can um, deplete is kind of novel intellectual engagement. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, that, you know, on the one hand, one's colleagues, you know, can continue to um, uh, be surprising and interesting sources of inspiration. But the, a kind of conventional wisdom in academia is that, you know, the best way to kind of um, really um, change a perspective on you know, a body of work or get new ideas uh, or enter new parts of, of a discipline is to is to move. Right. That, you know, um, uh, departments or uh, schools have um, micro cultures. And so the best way to really really kind of find new sources of inspiration or feedback uh, is is to move. And so this, you know, this kind of sabbatical um, move is a, you know, a phenomenon that uh, exists, right? And so, and, and yet this is, um, it, it is a... It's a way uh, of, it's a way of kind of cross-pollinating, of, of sort of strengthening the gene pool, the intellectual gene pool in any given department yeah. by, by cross-pollinating junior faculty or something like that. Right. right? Like, and, and it's interesting, though, because it's interesting to do this as a, um, you know, as, as a 30-something, right? And, and because... At, when one is a thirty-something, one ought there is a, a a normative perception that one ought no longer be a roving bandit, right? And so that you know that that this is possible. Um, when I'm gonna you... I'm, I'm gonna uh, take an opposing view on that in a second, but but what? But, sorry, sure. but make your point before I interrupt. No, 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 no. Yeah, and and but I think well, I mean, I feel that, um, and and I get this in part. You know, uh, by interpreting kind of the ways that questions are asked about this move, that it is perceived as um, as not normal, as as deviant in some way, um, and so that you know that I think that there is at least a fiction that the older you get, the more you put down roots. You, you know, especially in a kind of, um, an older generation, you, um, you know, you get your, you do go to college and maybe get a postgraduate degree. You meet someone, you get married, you buy a house, you have a baby, you are there. Um, and, and, and that you, you continue to kind of put down roots and become more and more, uh, settled as time goes on. Um, and so this, 
um, you know, move, uh, moving at this time, you know, and, and I had been, uh, in my, um, uh, in in my current place, uh, my current apartment, my current home, uh, or my now former home actually, uh, for for three years, which was the longest time um, I had lived in any one domicile um, since leaving my childhood home, right? So that uh, and so that seems to be this move towards this, um, st- you know, the stationary banditry of adulthood, um, and and you know, am you know at a at a job, have a have a partner, um, and so it seems like. Moving in that way seems to be um, a step backwards in the progression of um, of 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 what one does, right? And so that it, you know, if kind of moving around with you know less you know more disposable furniture or less furniture, having less stuff, having less of a place, is a sign of the you know a a roving um, banditry of adolescence uh, or or of kind of you know nascent adulthood then uh, you know uh, you know in the way of kind of these either pastoralist communities or kind of agricultural uh, ag- agriculturalists in kind of peripheral um, you know communities that uh, um, political scientist James Scott writes about um, we've talked about a little bit on this you know I've kind of taken this step backwards from kind of civilization to a kind of pre-modern thing so i think there's a question of is this and 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 so matt you may take an opposing view um but i mean i i guess you know i I will say i don't necessarily agree with that progression either and so um uh you may take an opposing view for the um uh, uh, you know, sake of argument, but ultimately, I have done such a thing. So obviously, I do not think that I am regressing, and I, <laughs> and I do think that anyone that thinks um, uh, that, that I am is, is wrong uh, at best. Well, do you uh, mean? I mean, do you what, what? At what level are you strawmanning? Then are you saying that there isn't? A, are you saying that there isn't a strong normative claim made for putting down roots, or that well, I, there is a strong yeah, normative and that claim it's and that it, it's it's, it's largely wrong? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. With the second part, I agree with you certainly. Um, the first part, uh, I I think that there are cracks in in I think there are cracks starting to show in that sort mm-hmm. of edifice in that sort of very strong. Uh, normative claim that that has recourse to tradition. I I kind of it came to me, and I don't know what. I don't have any evidence to back this up, but it came to me sort of uh, as if the plural of anecdote were data. That like you know, well before, and I don't know before what, but like before you know the internet or cell phones or these kids in their rainbow parties. Um, before that, you know, uh, people didn't move more than 50 miles from, from where they grew up. Right. And I think, I think it's true that, that there is, uh, uh, there is greater sort of geographic mobility, especially among the the highly educated. But but the thing I wanted to point out is that like in in the circles that I pay attention to, which are which are you know, um, I guess the the professional the circles of of professional entertainment, especially actors, and uh, also technology workers, uh, computer programmers, web computer programmers. Um, n- you know, knowledge workers in in this particular field, um, there are two phenomena. One is that uh, um, acting is migrant labor, right? And you're constantly going, you're constantly going out of town, especially as a, a 
sort of bizarre and Byzantine series of economic incentives have, have spurred uh, production of film and TV out of the major urban centers. And so there's kind of a, a Steinbeckian dust bowl of actors. <laughs> yeah, well, so, and there always, there always has been, by the way, because uh, the labor pool has always been concentrated, for theater anyway, uh, that's film and TV. For theater, the labor pool has always been concentrated in New York, and yet the jobs are all over the country. Right. And so there is this, you know... Um, it's a national labor market. It just happens to all to do all of its transactions in a two square mile area uh, on the west side of of Midtown Manhattan. But um, but the the on the other side, on the technology side, it seems to me that there is a and I, I'm not sure it's strong enough to be a normative discourse, but there definitely is a a uh, an aspirational discourse about kind of nomadic life and i connect it with sort of tim ferris and the phenomenon of of the four-hour work week uh and and to sort of jobs and to the you know the the technologically enabled practice of telecommuting or of you know remote work uh more generally and a sort of knowledge work that doesn't require you to be on um, that doesn't require you to be in a certain place at a certain time uh there is this idea of of um, sort of of you know mo- traveling the country while you work on traveling the the globe even while you work on whatever computer client mm-hmm. whatever computer job you have and in fact even sort of arbitraging the various currencies uh you know against one another and like exploiting the inefficiency if you live in you know if you live in peso if you get paid in dollars but you live in pesos you know uh your your money's gonna go go a lot farther or um you know i don't know like uh central and south america get cited a lot uh, certain parts of East Asia uh, get cited a lot, yeah. though other parts of East Asia are phenomenally expensive. But uh, but uh, you know that that you can exploit the inefficiencies in in you know d- labor versus cost in you know cost of labor versus cost of living in the the various markets to um, uh, you know to live in a hammock and work four hours a week and do, I I don't know, that guy's kind of a douchebag, but, but, um, uh, you know, but, but there seems to be this discourse, this, uh, aspirational discourse seems to be ascendant and it's sort of, it's, it's technologically enabled. It's sort of class enabled and it's education enabled. And so it's a, it is kind of an elite, uh, it is kind of an elite lifestyle, yeah. but what well, I will say it's definitely. I mean, I think there's a a question that I have is, um, is there a way that this is, um, you know, will this remain a kind of fringe subculture and or if not a subculture, a kind of you know increasing so there's a few pathways of this kind of 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 mobility right one is that it and it's a question of either what it is now and what it can become so there's a question of is it a kind of subculture of a specific kind of set of the you know um of of the technological intelligentsia or the technological elite um and is it kind of subculture is it elite culture and you know it and then will it kind of stay that way or is there a possibility that this becomes – could become something like a mass culture or a, a broader phenomenon? Because I, I do think that there are ways in which my own kind of 
you know, part of why this move to me does not seem like a um, uh, a big deal is that there are many actual aspects of my own kind of knowledge work um, as an as an academic, um, uh, especially as an academic who works on international um, development that actually share aspects of what you described in that. Um, you know, I go. Uh, you know, just about every year, I go to um, Africa uh, to either Kenya or Sierra Leone for as long as I'm going to be in New York. <laughs> um, and and then uh, in addition, I you know travel quite a lot uh, for work. And so the work is, in, and and I have um, you know projects and and colleagues and co-authors kind of you know you know, geographically um, dispersed and our own work with um, overthinking it, you know, we are a a dispersed cell uh, rather than a a, a kind of, you know, set of cells instead of um, nodes in a network rather than um, a a brick and mortar operation with a a headquarters. Um, And so, so much of of what I do is moving, you know, with my... um, you know, is is with my ideas and my computer through space, right? So that the idea of a move seems rather inconsequential to me because I was always, you know, in some ways I never left New York. And, you know, every place that I go, I know how to inhabit. I know um, where the where the artisanal coffee shops are uh, with free Wi-Fi, um, and and uh, and and the uh, and the you know artisanal um, uh, uh, you know uh, free range grass fed hamburger places are, uh, and I am home, um, and and that that is home. The the place where I consume those you know things and and do my work is is where I am. But I think that you know. Um, Again, kind of thinking about the discourse of, of you know friends when kind of telling them about our move, people are like, "Oh, well, we must have a going away party," and I'm like, "Well, why must we have a going away party?" Um, like, do, I'll, do, a, I'll be back in four months. Well, exactly. I so I my my compromise to not be entirely um, you know just uh, 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 misanthropic was to have a boomerang party. Uh, was to say like, listen, if you want to, if if you need to celebrate my departure, um, I will not deny you that, but I. What I need is to acknowledge that I am coming back, um, and so so we were able. Everyone was able to meet each other halfway. But people, you know, because there was not, um, you know, this you know, at least in the kind of um, that's a lot of negotiation over the subject line of an email. Um, I mean, again, this is th- these are the social circles that I have opted into. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a selection, but no, but I think it's important. I mean, it gets back to actually some things that we've, um, uh, you know, the the kind of various dichotomies around and variations of the Arctic Monkeys album. You know, that whatever you say, I am doing that is not what I am doing, right? Um, and so that uh, and 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 and. I think there is an important amount of, you know, so I, I think that this type of movement, even if it's becoming increasingly frequent and is, in fact, um, really a big deal in some pockets of the population, is in many other pockets not intelligible or and, and not legible as, as a thing that one does. And so either, you know, one is um, a... It, and, and so there is hard because it's obviously we are not just nomadically sifting about um, we being myself and, and my partner, not just sifting about to figure out what we're doing, but we're also not 
you know, moving in the clear progression of inc- becoming increasingly more stationary. And and what I've noticed in a lot of social interactions is there isn't a clear vocabulary for that. So I guess the question that I was um, you know posing to you is, you know, does this could this change or is this you know that kind of mobility destined to be kind of either you know a a a subculture either as a kind of elite subculture or a kind of you know more subaltern subculture of 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 uh what a professional of knowledge working of knowledge working nomads yeah knowledge working nowhere mads especially like the kind of technorati type um you know and and you know yeah so i yeah what what is your take? Do you think that we are engaged? There's starting well, my, structural I mean, changes. Or here's, here's my take, and it's it's colored it's colored by a couple of things. I I last night wrote the sixth anniversary post for Overthinking It, which which I posted this morning. And as we record this, it's it's uh, the 22nd of January 2014, and uh, that that's the sixth anniversary of the founding of of Overthinking It. We started on this date in um, uh, 2008, so. Uh, what I and I what I wrote about uh, well I wrote about a couple of things but one of the things I wrote about was that there are these sort of incrementally creeping constraints on our time and our ability to produce content for overthinking right. it and the 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 readership and listenership has well less listenership because we're better with podcasts largely because they're easier to produce than like you know detailed text articles but um, people have brought it to our attention uh, and, you know and it's it's touching that they would. Right, because like it's nice that people are really into what we do and and want us to do more of it. I'm I'm glad of it, but I don't really have I don't really have a solution because despite the fact that we are this sort of geographically dispersed and you know I don't know sort of nomadic. I mean we've all moved a bunch in the last in certainly during the time that we've uh, uh, been operating the site. Um, this phenomenon of of time and attention resource constraint uh, of gradually increasing time and attention resource constraint is still affecting us and still, I won't say hobbling, but um, affecting our ability to do the kind of work that, that we would wish to do, you know, for an audience that would wish to, to consume it. So right. even if it is, if, if, in some sense, it doesn't seem to uh, – sorry. Even if it is the case that what you propose is true and there is an ascendant uh, – there is an ascendant sort of permanent class of, of nomads. And, and by the way, sidebar, I think that this, like a lot of stuff with our generation and the one after us um, – is an economically determined is an economically determined uh, phenomenon that gets read uh, by its interpreters as being sort of psychologically determined or being mm-hmm. you know being regressive somehow like uh, you know like moving back in with your parents when you graduate college. Uh, never mind that when you know baby boomer mom and dad graduated, the largest employer in America was I don't know General Motors and paid uh, somewhere upwards of twenty dollars in inflation-adjusted money per hour. And these days, the largest employer in the United States is Walmart and pays six fifty. dollars right? right? Never mind that. You're immature uh, because you can't, uh, right. you know, because you can't support yourself and, and do all these sort of economic milestones like, like home ownership and things like this on the road to... Uh, on the road to adulthood. Okay, and and this and the sidebar, but I think that I think it's a uh, I think it's a it's a primarily economic trend. Okay, resuming my former thought, even if true, um, 
that this sort of nomadic, this this rootless nomadic class exists, akin to what you have called before the syncretic transnational hipsterati, mm-hmm. though yeah. slightly slightly more mundane, perhaps in its in its aspirations or at least in its media self presentation. Um, it doesn't matter because the the gradual accumulation of of obligation and of constraints on one's time is a phenomenon that. Uh, is a phenomenon that that continues unaffected by you know where you happen to live or how much how much stuff you happen to be toting around with you you know from uh from place to place as evidenced by the you know as evidenced by my experience as an editor of overthinking it and trying to manage a team of all volunteers to do work that feeds their souls but not necessarily their children right Right. Um, well, I, and I think that, I mean, I guess the, the question is, you know, at a certain point, you know, there's, so there's an economic logic. And I guess there's a question of, you know, <laughs> uh, just to take a provocative uh, stance, then the, the, <laughs> the best thing for overthinking it is, to, is, is no kids, basically. <laughs> children, children kill overthinking is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> there is, um, yeah, I, 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 one of my line, one of my lines in this thing was that there is an alarmingly high incidence of matrimony and procreation among the overthinking it writers, and there's more of both in the works. So uh, you know that, that trend yeah. line is not encouraging. No, no, and I, and but I do think that, and and you know, I think that you know, what is this thing that's one step past right the. Um, the the uh, the tr- syncretic transnational hipsterati, um, and you know that was a, a, a term that I coined in the first year of overthinking it, and I think it was you know how I somewhat saw myself at that time, and it was you know already kind of aging out of that, um, and we're already in this kind of you know what um, moderately um, sedentarized uh, bohemian uh, upper upper middle class is what we are now right and 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 I think that what that means is that you know I and and w- that there still is you know that we you know, that and and whether that's you know Again, speaking just by data, but at the, at the rates of um, procreation uh, in in overthinking it, and you know, as evidenced on my Facebook feed uh, on a daily basis, you know that, however, kind of, you know, non-traditional um, anyone in our general kind of socioeconomic class and kind of peer group uh, is, you know, we we generally want kids, um, and whether that is a biological imperative or a social imperative uh, or a you know a fact of this is something that we want, you know, that it's a a a, a personal um, you know a, a mark of, of, of fulfillment. I think the thing that we want it, it is a thing that. Um, that that ties one down um, makes moves like this um, uh, makes kind of shorter term non essential moves um, more difficult. And I think the other thing that I think as being kind of similar uh, to this and another mark of this kind of um, moderately um, uh, settled um, upper middle class is having nice things, right? And, <laughs> uh, and and that the more one, you know, you know that this. I don't think I ever said while we were, you know, moving. Um, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> um, but if if there at a certain point. You know, both having um, kind of the ability to, you know, 
move relatively easily and then and have um you know furniture let's say that's not made of um ikea particle board um those things are are and not being kind of independently wealthy right those three things don't all go together um and so luckily i mean um and so i think the thing that you know enables that and you know that keeps me away from the the one thing that marks me as being a bit uh, one step um shy of stationary banditry of adulthood that makes this made this move possible is i you know um most things that we have are still ikea um, and, and I think it's when you cross that, thre- that, that crate and barrel threshold, um, that, that really, um, you, it, it becomes a lot harder to either leave it behind or just shove it in the U-Haul or the, um, or the van yourself, right? So that there is a, a there is a logic where we were talking about the economic logic, um, of, of, of employment, um, and kind of, uh, and how that shapes mobility but then there is a economic logic of consumerism relates to our perceptions of who we are and what we ought to do that also um relates to that um and i think that it was is very interesting you know in addition to the you know so one thing that makes it hard to move is is furniture um but then the harder thing i think uh you know the furniture um was able to be moved um, with some help, with some hired help, uh, and we can talk about that as well, uh, and the the uh, if if we want. Um, but you know, I also hoisted and hefted um, a large uh, and heaved and pushed um, a large number of things uh, throughout last week. Um, but then the, the other kinds of the other aspect of the stuff that in, in fact was tougher was um, you know. Well, then there's okay. So there's a, a another thing that's less difficult, which are like you know immediate personal effects and and uh, and uh, which are you know the things that one uses all the time, the clothes that one always wears, uh, the the you know office supplies and and kitchen supplies. And it's, that one I mean, always it's amazing because you. Well, I have. I mean, I travel enough, probably not as much as you do, going around to conferences and stuff like that. But you have a go bag, don't you? Oh, or yeah, at least, yeah. like, at least a protocol for for creating a go bag in you know fifteen to twenty minutes time, and yep. you can go with everything with everything you need to you know keep yourself living and and even entertained and and in touch with everybody in, in the space of of about fifteen or twenty minutes. Like, and to a certain extent, that's all. That's all you need. You know, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's really it. Um, I mean, being right. an academic, I found uh, you, you must find, and I found also that like one of the worst, uh, uh, one of the worst aspects of this lifestyle is is books, right? Like, right. and crate right. upon crate upon crate upon cardboard box upon cardboard box of. Uh, of heavy, you know, hardbound reference works or or things like this, right? right? Or my, or at least, or even even look, even just enough. Even if you're dealing in kind of soft bound uh, monographs, enough of them <laughs> is still a pain, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, right, but even I mean, the Kindle has has it removed some of that, right? Um, as well, I mean, anything for uh, most trips. 
you know, uh, I I have a good number of um, academic books on my Kindle, and especially the ones that I again I have my kind of uh, intellectual go bag as well, right? So, <laughs> sure. in addition to the stuff I need, you know, any of the most important ideas or reference things also can go with me very easily, um, you know, in a technologically enabled way. So between this kind of you know furniture and kind of infrastructure of of comfort and um, and and the kind of essentials i mean that only those two things like occupied only maybe a quarter of our time and the vast middle ground is just a large array of stuff and yeah. and as and 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 especially as the furniture went out um uh, you know because and you realize how small of a dent it made in the total yeah, well, progress of the project yeah so there there was that and then and especially because the for you know what the furniture did um especially you know a variety of whether it's small tables uh, or the um grid shaped uh, uh ikea expedite bookshelves which uh-huh. are you know um partitioned into um four by four or four uh, two by four um, grids. Um, all of those hor- once all of those horizontal surfaces were removed, everything went on the floor, yeah. and, and 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 it's just a um, a a vast ocean of, um, of of consumerism and and of and what's interesting though is that especially as things get moved around it gets jumbled kind of like in the the dr manhattan chapter of um of, of watchmen of of you know i had this experience um and i think this was the day in which we we corresponded uh, by text message uh, i was in the middle of this of just you know walking around um you know the the kind of you know, ragged the, the empty husk of my of my uh, former living room. Um, you know, I could take st- footsteps and move from um, in in kind of a disjointed uh, ways from not only you know not only specific you know seasons and times of year. Oh, oh, this came in. You know, this this came to me during Christmas. This came of of, of twenty thirteen. Uh, this is from my birthday of this year. But uh, of of whole years of of things that accumulated um, from prior kind of really much more nomadic moves from like you know um from college into graduate school and from graduate school apartments of you know just things that you know just detritus that was shoved in a box and then the box full of detritus was shoved into another box uh, and and then and then at the end you know they're essentially you know in the process of this move just dumped out the entire set of like russian dolls of detritus and spread it out um and and it was it was interesting to see like where things um, come from, right? So that, um, and 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 you know, one thing that it, it revealed was, you know, a lot of things that I was hanging on to that were small consumer goods were things that were gifts in some way, right? That I felt that you know they were not in the go bag, and so they were not used all the time. Um, and, and yet, I felt myself. If there's a difficulty of of getting rid with of them, and um, and and whether. Friends, um, but there's things that had either some amount of like you know nostalgic or sentimental value, sentimental value. But even more than that, a sense of um, of obligation. Attached, um, and, yeah. Uh, and 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 I think that it's interesting. Then even drilling down of 
you know, especially seeing you know these layers of sediment um, of, of years and years of this you know pattern. So one thing I I learned, and I think I knew this, but I really discovered how important you know for my my own family and you know for my own mother in particular, sending pictures was. And so I found just years and years of you know every you know of of, of the you know holiday, photo holiday card and or photos from. Um, you know, whatever family gathering had last happened was in the you know card for the subsequent holiday, right? So the um, the Easter card has the you know Christmas photos in it, from, huh. and and uh, and and there are, there are just so many photos more, and you know, I display a few photos of my family, but the, you know, what I was able to find of hard copy photos was way more than I could ever. Um, uh, uh, display right. You would need um, like professional gallery space, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, and and you know, and and to an extent, you know, my parents' home is that right there. And I, I, I there is there's an extent to which at least some rooms of my parents' home is a gallery of family, right? And and I think that makes sense for you know two um, empty nesters uh, with you know children uh, in in their thirties that there is a kind of gallery of both current and and past you know things of 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 um, of your children's success and and development, right? So there is a sense. Uh, and I, I've, I've, you know, visited enough of my, you know, um, friends' childhood homes to see variations on that. But there's an interesting thing where, at least with with my mom, there's a, um, uh, it's presumed that I want to recreate that gallery <laughs> in my own domicile. Right. Um, and and then going through other, you know, and then there's other kinds of um, the other kind of parental or family relationship um, that uh, that I notice in going through things is the well I think you need this right and so the it's like the I think the really interesting one is how as we were going through the kitchen we found not one not two but four rolling pins um, because I guess as uh, one parent must have said I think you need a rolling pin um, and uh-huh. uh, and and, e- and perhaps the same parent may have said that more than once over a span of two or three years that there were you know um, many, many redundancies of these small um, uh, things, and they weren't gotten rid of in part because they were were, were given or they were acquired uh, in some kind of a deal or they're cute in some way. Um, and so that the, so so much of the mental energy of the um, move was in the you know first the kind of the the sensation of identifying all of these things and then kind of negotiating the emotional and social obligations uh, <laughs> necessary to understand well what what does it mean to need any of these things and so this relationship with stuff um was was one of the um of this middle range of stuff um was one of the most kind of um heavy duty uh, time consuming aspects of of moving in this way um and more than in any other move uh we were able to actually do a lot of sorting cataloging and prioritization of this um uh which itself was something that needed to happen well right and Um, that's i mean that that's interesting right because ideally for your own peace of mind and also you know your sleep during periods of moving like this it would be ideal if you could separate those functions out, right? And that the sorting and prioritizing function could be done, you know, periodically throughout the year so that <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't need to do it in a sort of state of, of frenzied emergency, uh, right. you know, with a, with a hard deadline of, of, um, you know, movers showing up on you. But that, that, that never happens, right? Like, no, in fact, the thing is always set to the size, set on the bookcase, set on the, uh, on the, 
decorative end table, uh, and and it's only when the end table is yanked away that you, <laughs> and and the storage unit door uh, door is 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 closing like the Indiana Jones cave wall um, that that you're like okay I have to make some decisions here <laughs> um, that it's this imposed uh, deadline all right and so and, and that's really interesting that this kind of you know that we talk a lot we've talked a little bit on here in other cases about kind of professional um, procrastination or procrastination in the space of, of knowledge work but there's there, this kind of personal procrastination uh, it was you know something that I, I was forced to um, confront head-on I, I mean, there are some tactical. We can help people, right? <laughs> and we can give people some some tactical advice on dealing with this. I have, and maybe I'll maybe we should take some pictures. Well, yours is all gone. I I want to take pictures of the boxes in which I keep these kinds of things in my house, <laughs> and uh, and and sort of put them on display in in the the show notes for this um, for this episode. But but one so one thing I find useful is when you get shit like that, put it all in a box. Take take cell phone pictures of it yep right put it all in a box uh put a date on the box that's six months in the future and in six months when you haven't uh even opened or thought about all the crap that's in there just give that box away to to goodwill or or you know your charity of choice right like that is to say give yourself give yourself a buffer zone to kind of negotiate the guilt and and also to to demonstrate to yourself once and for all that you don't actually need access to the to this stuff right and then and then you know put it all in a nostalgia photo album and if you're feeling particularly uh obliged to you know remember all this family stuff uh set yourself in whatever task management system you use set yourself a task like quarterly or semi semi-annually to sort of page through your your nostalgia file or something like that and be reminded of all the you know all the things that that um you know that you like but but find a low cost and by low cost i mean low psychological cost way of segregating segregating crap into a like a liminal space between your house and the garbage dump uh where it can sit in limbo for several months uh before you uh before you actually get get rid of it to to right. a, you know. a consumerist purgatory right yeah absolutely uh where you um where you uh you know leave that stuff before you uh, before you release it yeah, I think a similar thing I was going to try, uh, which relates even more, uh, which I may try, um, especially after when I'm back in Boston after this short term uh, move, is you know that you know sometimes this stuff comes in from family and sometimes it comes in from you know from shopping, shopping as leisure, uh, and so I'm I, I'm interested in experimenting with a some variation of a one in one out policy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, and so for like non food stuffs and for, you know for for non perishables any for basically anything that is coming in something um and it doesn't even have to be the exact same type of item you, you need to get rid of something else right and so that um and, and that makes you do one of two things either think about you know um consumption and 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 each purchase a little bit more carefully and then also incentivizes you know, uh, uh, just 
critical thinking on that kind of you know closer to the infra- right so so there there's a continuum right so in this middle range some of this stuff is stuff that only has you know social or nostalgia value but then there's other items that are kind of closer to infrastructure right they're closer to things that you might use but you don't use them that often and so that um you know something like a one in one out policy or one in two out if you're trying to um get rid of things a little more um allows you to kind of more constantly um examine things without having it be a massive task right so it's it's putting these into kind of more discrete uh more discrete chunks um and so yeah i think that you know um do do as i say not as i do well the, um, the idea right let's just sort of talk about cuz there's an expectation that underlies bo- what both you and i are saying um which is that less stuff is is better and yeah. and i i think that that Examine that that could be examined that that assumption right yeah le, yeah less stuff is better when when you have to move sure because it's easier to move less stuff but the the uh, what's the sort of aspiration here is it to sort of live in in an architectural digest photo of a you know room with modern furniture you know and mm-hmm. and like no uh, ex- like one or two extremely well curated uh, coffee table books. Um, you know, on an otherwise empty, uh, on an otherwise empty coffee table, you know, it's, it seems to me that the, uh, that, the, that, that might have a fantasy of, uh, attached of like, oh, if only I were free of all that stuff, I would be ready to begin work. You know, I would be ready. I would be ready to live my life. I would be ready to sort of express myself in this beautifully empty, high ceilinged, you know, glass and concrete modernist palace that I that I have. I mean, I I think there is an interesting thing that where what amount I mean, I think that that's a, a way of reframing what you're you're saying is what amount of stuff is necessary for, you know, either put put a your like the verb of choice in the blank what what amount of stuff is necessary for living right for for kind of feeling like you are at home right and then there's a question of what amount of stuff um is is necessary for working um and for being productive in whatever working is for you whether that's your actual job or the kind of a creative work um and and uh, that um that you may um you may do and and i think that um, and I think there will there's probably some amount of like personal preference uh, here where um, uh, where where you know some some people may feel like if you are in something that's you know either you know because it, there's one option so I'm I'm living in a sublet that is that is furnished so um, even my own personal preference very especially because of my more extreme nomadism would have been basically bring the go bag and into the furnished space um, and and set up camp right and um, you know uh, my partner who the listeners know as, as cognac is a little bit more that is definitely go bag plus right that, that there's <laughs> yeah. uh, is that that there is a a um you know it is not just the go bag that is necessary to be um uh, uh happy especially um and, and this is you know that that to live life more of the stuff is needed right and that um and so that there is some amount of um 
infrastructure that's not the bare infrastructure of doing the things that one does in an apartment, but it's the infrastructure of self. It's the infrastructure of identity, of, you know, these are my things, um, and I like to be surrounded by them, and I do some things with these things, but the main thing I do with these things is be me, right? That I chose these things um, because uh, I like them in some way, and their presence is part of, it, it's, 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 the, it's the, the kind of interstitial uh, you know, it's it's the, the the connective tissue between me and the space that I am in. This is what um, separates us, I think, from the millennials who, you know, it's more like these are my Tumblr reblogs. You know, <laughs> these are the things that I do with these Tumblr reblogs is be me. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the rather than rather than looking at it, looking at the curation happening at, at the level of like material material possessions. Well, and I think that that and, and that actually. Sorry to interrupt, but that casts an interesting light on the stuff that your family sends you, right? Right. Because it's an it's a claim. Each gift is a claim about who you are, or who yeah. they or who they think you should be or want you to be. So the uh, you know the the Christmas photo is you know is in a way sort of claiming you as being still kind of a part of this family, exactly. Um, you know, uh, and the 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 rolling pin you know is is insisting on your domesticity or certain aspects of your your domesticity because or, uh, or your dis- domesticity in the in the manner of their domesticity right right, right. So part it's, of why we have four is that we have one that's a practical a practical normal uh, rolling pin that was given given by a parent and then we have one ultra high design um, you know a very modern rolling pin uh, that uh, you know is, is a combination of wood and accented plastic and you know it's by some, you know, contemporary designer capsule collection for Target or something. <laughs> nice. And that and that is that that is my rolling pin. <laughs> <laughs> but the the you know, I yeah, so that's interesting. Um that's interesting that the number of claims that get made and it's it, they're sort of touching when you think about them because like one is you're with me and you're still with me, right? Yeah. Another is that you are like me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, right. That, that our experience is not, you know, incredibly dissimilar. Um, right, 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 right. You need this yeah. sort of, you want the sort of things I want. You need the sort of things uh, I need in order to, you know, in order to keep house and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't know whether, whether or not that's true. Um, I suppose my, my, vision of these things is essentially conservative, right? So I, I think that, that we are more or less, more or less like, like each other. Uh, but, um, but that it's, it's an interesting claim and the perceived threat, right? Uh, that necessitates making the claim is, is interesting, right? Like my kids are, my kids are slipping away or my kids are living in an urban wasteland of, of, you know, no pie crusts or something like that. And so they need a, a rolling pin. Right, right, um, and and yeah, exactly. And I think what's interesting is that. So I I think in some ways, growing up or adulthood, rather than, um, you know, than than the process of this, you know, increased march towards stability and and kind of um, and and being fixed geographically and, and spatially is actually the process of of negotiating that. Right, so negotiating the relationships and the the kind of identity that's kind of embodied in in the stuff, and so understanding the ways in which why it is important uh, for those things, and yet also 
understanding that you can't possibly have 2,000 photographs of yourself and your family um, and, and finding ways to, you know, again, for yourself and then get that to the level of what a lived environment that allows you to be happy and productive and uh and so that if you like a medium level between you know hoarder den and architectural digest photo then finding out what way of of kind of 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 finding out routes for things allows you to kind of strike that balance is is useful and you know if you're at the um extreme architectural digest end then then you don't then you that also means Either you are the child of such people, and, and, and then all they are giving you is tasteful end tables, uh, <laughs> a, a, a tasteful end table to replace the um, last season's tasteful end table. And a, or and a, like a, a nicely folded chenille throw or something. Right, like sure. That. And, and, and that was, you know, and it, it was picked out by your family's designer who also designed your place. And, right. and it's all, and it is part of the estate, right? It's part of a, a kind of a, a more fixed thing. Uh, or if you are just, you know, happy to live in a more, you know, just crazy maximal, happy or able to move in a more maximalist space, then you just put it in. And, and, and other than when you move, you just, you, you have it all there. Um, Again, I think adulthood is a process of negotiating this relationship between self um, relationships, you know, others, and 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 the ways that that is um, mediated by stuff. And and, so, and I think that the the way the ultimate God, we are really helping people today, Ryan. So like the yeah. the way the way towards sort of ultimate happiness with this is, I think to to uh, make as many of those decisions consciously and mindfully as you can, yeah. rather than yeah. letting them belong to kind of the default position in a network of unacknowledged, unconscious, or sort of semi-conscious assumptions and obligations um, that really will drive that really will drive you crazy. The 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 best thing for your own peace of mind is to pull those to pull all of those contracts and uh, and assumptions up into consciousness and and examine them and and sort of uh, and sort of talk about them that's yeah. that's by the way the overthinking it mission as it relates to to pop culture and the the tft mission as it relates to teen soap operas and more recently pop music right yeah it's to sort of make make strange the familiar and sort of make visible the invisible well yeah and i think that that's why we um we you know that this wasn't um as far as kind of experimental moves uh, go either within tft or within um the broader overthinking family this was you know on the one hand, you know, Matt and Ryan talk about moving seems to be like, um, oh, these assholes are at it again. But it seems to be, in fact, you know, why not talk about it? Because, like, like in fact, not talking about moving and and kind of using this same set of tools to interrogate this, you know, uh, means that there is – there, there, there is value being left on the table, and and by value, I mean like value of of kind of happiness and and understanding in this in this, this type of process. And so I think that um, there is real value to um, you know if you are identify as an overthinker or a TFTer, um, there's no need to turn it off. Like, well, um, you know, I'm moving this week, so I'm not an overthinker. Right. I haven't um, seen. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen a movie or listened to a record or something like right, that. So, so I can't. So I can't 
engage in this way. In fact, you know that this is um, you know this is what you have, right? And again, uh, to to use a phrase that we've used earlier, this is what's going on in the you know the um, the fraggle cave of my mind. And so turn it, you know, the, uh, open it up, uh, you know, uh, you know, reflect on it, um, be, uh, become aware of it. And I think that this, um, you know, again, it's a way in which it is, you know, overthinking is, you know, is, uh, what's interesting is that I was overthinking while doing, right? So it's not that I was overthinking my move by sitting there amongst the rubble of my uh, apartment and the piles, but while doing it, that this action of stacking and boxing um, and, 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 and doing this um, was, um, you know, kind of evolved along with understanding of what it meant and kind of at various times, sometimes just the action um, uh, was helpful to um, move past the thinking and sometimes the thinking and the reflection was useful to motivate the action. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think that this is, um, uh, hopefully this was, uh, some balance of entertaining, uh, or, or helpful. And, and, and you can kind of see how it connects to the broader research questions. Um, we'd love to hear your own experiences of where you are, uh, in the, um, the levels of, of, of kind of, you know, in the, in the range or the continuum from, um, you know, stationary banditry of adulthood to the roving banditry of, um, late adolescence. Let us know where you are, what your most recent move was like, uh, through all of the ways that you can contact us, uh, whether that's on Twitter uh, at TFT Podcast uh, or on the show notes on overthinkingit.com. Um, and then we'll be back uh, in coming weeks uh, with a resumption of our main um, uh, our main research program, and we'll, we'll let you know what uh, is coming in terms of uh, source material um, to to, di- to dig into. But until then, um, uh, you know, keep, keep overthinking, keep TFTing, and we will uh, see you next week. <laughs>